Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorists. So today we're going to be going into the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty Precon Commander decks. Uh, so if you're looking for the set booster exclusive commander cards, uh, you should check out last week's episode. We folded it in with the rest of the set review just because it made sense to do all the cards you could open in boosters in one episode and all the cards you got in the precons in another episode. Yeah, we, we probably will mention them at the end of this episode, though. So just a little blurb, but nothing to hold out for. Yes. Um, so we've got two themes for these decks. Uh, we've got the blue-white vehicle deck and the red-green uh, modified deck. We're going to start with the vehicle deck. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, let's jump right into it. Uh, what is the first blue-white vehicle commander? Yeah, so um, this time around, they didn't go tribal on the deck list. They went, like, set themes. So blue-white vehicles, the face commander is Katori Pilot Prodigy. And Katori is a 2-4 Moonfolk pilot for 3 mana, 1 white-blue. They have vehicles you control have crew two, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, target artifact creature you control gains lifelink and vigilance until end of turn. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's a pretty strong direction to take this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any cool tech that you have found? In so playing? I've got some cool tech. I'll start by saying, though, that I don't know if Katori really solves the problem keeping vehicles from being competitive or, or like um, not even competitive, but just like really viable in commander. Like there aren't a ton of vehicles out there that have super high crew costs um, that like substituting with crew two would be a huge bonus and like not having lifelink or vigilance isn't really what's keeping vehicles from being good in commander. Okay, so you might say that it's not, the support for vehicles that's keeping vehicles down it's the vehicles themselves yes yeah definitely (laughs) um like part of it is just there's so few options for vehicles a lot of them are kind of like limited foddery type stuff like in this color identity in blue white there are only 49 vehicles and that's including things that you know were never going to be good in commander like raiders carve or like oval chase dragster just like kind of vanilla creatures or kind of vanilla vehicles um so that's kind of an issue like you you only have 49 cards to choose from to fill out your 100 card deck a lot of them are bad but you really need a a high density of them for katori's abilities to be relevant so this could be an example of a commander that gets a lot better with time like vehicles are deciduous now um we see a lot of vehicles in in most sets but um i I think we're not there yet but let me get into some tech um or sorry what were you gonna say no i was just gonna basically agree i think that the big problem with this is like oh crew two that like you go, oh, that's crazy. That's going to be busted because you might remember when you played in Kaladesh Limited and the train had crew 
like four and the walker had crew six and the boat had crew three and you think about colossal plow and how cool that was and it had crew six but then you like put those on the battlefield and you're like oh i'm not actually getting that much Mm -hmm. (laughs) ahead of anybody else like putting colossal plow down playing katori crewing the plow with katori that's like one of the most busted things you can do in this list and like what i played two three drops and attacked someone for six lifelink Mm -hmm. that's not bad that sounds fun and is good but that like that's your ceiling you know yeah (laughs) like like that's not a good sign so that yeah. that's all I was gonna say. I think like this is one where we're gonna see more, more stuff, more good stuff over time. But um, it's not like to say it's not fun. And I think this is a good time to get in the tech to not cut you off again. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so there's a couple things I like in this list. Um, because you're giving these relatively large bodies lifelink, you can run things like Angelica Accord, uh, which is three and white for an enchantment at the beginning of each end step. If you gained four or more life this turn, create a 4-4 white angel creature token with flying. Especially since your vehicles have vigilance, you can, you know, attack with them, get an angel. If somebody attacks you, you can animate it again, block, get another angel. That's pretty sweet. Resplendent angel also kind of fills that niche. There are a lot of pretty good two-power, like, ETB creatures in this color identity that can, uh, so that can, like, crew your vehicles when Katori's on the battlefield. So specifically, I'm thinking things like, you know, Trinket Mage, Tribute Mage, Trophy Mage, um, Deadeye Quartermaster. All of these are two power creatures that can search out a vehicle to crew. So it's kind of a nice little combo there. Uh, There's also, of course, like things like Skyclave Apparition, um, Knight of the White Orchid, just like generally useful type of things other things that are nice uh this is a a decent deck for sram because you are going to be casting a lot of vehicles and you can then crew them Mm -hmm. um two power baby yeah that's right oh i forgot to mention earlier uh the book of exalted deeds is another um lifelink reward uh other things i like uh, unfortunately like wraths in general aren't as good because you are running a lot of uh, a lot of things like that will be crewing your vehicles. Yeah, you still but, need creatures to crew the vehicles. Yeah, yeah. But you can run asymmetrical wraths. Like if you're kind of shooting for most of your creatures to be two power so that you can um, make use of Katori's ability, then there's things like Citywide Bust or Retribution of the Meek, Dusk, all these uh, wraths that dodge small creatures. Um, those all become pretty good because, you know, they're not going to hit your vehicles while they're not animated, but they are potentially going to hit a lot of your opponent's things and uh, other thing to mention like probably a good idea to fit in like a muta vault or misha's factory in your mana base um just as an additional way to crew things that's mainly it i think that you know the 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 vehicle package itself is not very hard to figure out you just run every potentially useful one in the color identity one of the things about this list is it lets you play with some staples and that's what I'm going to say in the next list too, which actually we should probably get to because I don't, I don't know if there's too much more to say specifically uh, no. about Katori, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm good. You go right ahead. What's the next text we're going to yeah. be talking so, about? Yeah, so 
this next deck, this is the auxiliary commander uh, for the white blue vehicles list. Uh, it is Shorakai Genesis Engine. This is a four mana uh, legendary artifact vehicle that can be your commander, and it's an eight eight when it's crewed. Uh, it costs two white blue, and it has uh, a crazy ability. It has one tap. Draw two cards, then discard a card. Create a 1-1 colorless pilot creature token with this creature cruise vehicles as though its power were two greater. And it has crew eight. Crew eight. <laughs> um, and, and like I said, it can be your commander. So uh, basically, it's, it's one of those cool times you can have a non-creature permanent as your commander. Mm-hmm. Um, first vehicle, I think, uh, except for the Grand Calculatron, the first, like, not silver border yeah artifact right yeah the first one that's legal in commander yeah yeah exactly so this is kind of interesting so the thing about this this like immediately right up minded me and a bunch of people about like niambi esteemed speaker because what niambi says is three tap discard a legendary card draw two cards um and then she costs two and has some other stuff going on but that list is kind of like a white blue reanimator list and the thing about shorakai is that like it's a little bit better at that (laughs) you can wrath without blowing up your commander you're uh drawing two looting one and getting a pilot um and the pilots are like kind of booby prizes until you have a lot of them because they can do a lot of crazy stuff like chief engineer which is a uh one three vidalcan artificer for two one and a blue Mm-hmm. All it says is artifact spells you control have convoke. So if you're just getting a bunch of pilots for free, basically, uh, for just drawing cards and playing your commander like you wanted, all of a sudden you can use these pilots to help you like crank out even more artifacts to just make your game plan go crazy. Um, discarding all these things means the mass reanimation spells tend to be really good. So mm-hmm. we just got, uh, what was it, brilliant... Um, restoration restoration yes i i don't know why it's not here in my list we just got brilliant restoration in um neo like uh kamigawa neon dynasty and uh which is a seven mana spell three white 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 um return all artifacts and enchantments from your graveyard to the battlefield um then there's other classics open the vault roar of reclamation which puts uh each player returns all artifacts from their graveyard to the battlefield there's Triumphant Reckoning, which is 9 mana, 6 white, white, white. Return all artifact, enchantment, and planeswalker cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, and then there's just other little things. Savine's Reclamation is pretty good in this list. A um, bunch of stuff like that. So fun, cool things that I've noticed with this deck is like uh, all the untap effects are really good. Unwinding Clock is really good. Getting a pilot on everyone's turn to abuse. Pretty rad. Voltaic key and especially the uh, manifold key, which can make something unblockable. Like eventually, you will be able to animate your commander, which I guess is kind of the uh, the segue into the the next thing. Is that it's actually there's a version of this deck where you animate your commander and abuse the ability as much as possible because it's a lot easier to untap a creature, especially in white, than it is to untap an artifact. Period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Multiple times. Not sure why that is. Uh, there are a lot of bad one to two mana spells that are like untapped target creature that are just combat tricks in white. And I bet 
I haven't had time to figure it out, but I bet there is a deck where you kind of combo off, get a bunch of pilots, and make a bunch of mana. Um, just untapping Chorakai, making a bunch of guys, and then doing something with them. <laughs> Not sure what yeah, that is yet. Yeah, know? like Ashnod's Altar, Aura of Dominion on an animated Chorakai, I think that goes in feed. Yeah, it goes, it's pretty, or at least it's very close to it, right? Uh, well, you like... So you spend one mana, uh, activate the Shorakai, spend one mana, tap the pilot, untap Shorakai, sack the pilot for two. Uh, so you're back where you started, except you've drawn two cards and discarded a card. So that'll do it. Then you can just, you know, or you're in or a draw, color draw two identity. Cards and discarded one card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Is that, um, that's what I meant. But yeah, you're in a blue color identity. You can just like pass his oracle from there. Um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I did forget. Like, um, this deck is pretty good with like yeah, Thassa's oracle. It's really good with Nexus of Fate. Uh, those kind of win conditions. Um, and something about this too that kind of bugs me when they do like this is the blank commander it, is that when it doesn't build into that direction. Like, this is a vehicle that can be your commander, but it's not specifically a very good vehicle commander um Mm -hmm. and i know someone out there is going to yell at me for this because it makes pilot tokens and pilots crew vehicles but like kind of like we just said with katori like there's not actually a lot of vehicles that you like want to Mm -hmm. pilot so basically what i found was that the best vehicles to crew in this were like mobilizer mech and peace walker colossus because they can animate shorikai <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh the new tezzeret works pretty well this way the minus two makes something a four four or if it's a vehicle it just crews it permanently that's also pretty good for like four mana and then it makes the uh first activation a turn free <laughs> oh I'm, I'm, I'm realizing something sorry mm-hmm. um don't want to mess up your flow but um no it's all good just just recognized uh mind over matter oh there you go there we go we solved it yeah Yeah. okay cool mind over matter um and then oh god how could i card combo i love it yeah one card combo and then i forgot about intruder alarm um intruder alarm also basically makes your deck go easy mode you tap make a pilot uh if this is crude you untap it and all your other pilots so let's say you did have that chief engineer on the battlefield you can kind of just like Zoom through your whole mm-hmm. deck. Um, if you have a Palladium or other mana dorks, um, yeah, you're you're pretty golden. So there's a lot to do with this list, like so much that I think there's probably one or two different like versions you can make of it, but none of them in particular. Oh, well, there's more than two versions, but I think like if you're trying none to none of like, them seem optimize, to be super vehicle oriented. <laughs> yeah, I think you could do a vehicle deck, but it's not gonna be like. Well, I actually don't know. Do you think Shorakai would be better with vehicles or Katori? <laughs> I think Katori. I think like Katori's reason to exist is vehicles. Like the only way you get val- value off of any of his abilities are if you have vehicles. Whereas Shorakai is just like a combo piece, and that happens to be a vehicle. And the the combo happens to involve pilots, but. I'll tell you what, it matters a lot more that these tokens have one toughness than they have the pilot creature type and ability. Like being skull clamp compliant, I think matters a lot more than, oh, sweet, now I can crew my my Reckoner Bankbuster. Yeah. <laughs> Reckoner Bankbuster, which I do love. I've actually come to love that card even more after playing with it. 
Um, but yeah, the yeah. So all in all, like I, I really think that if they wanted to, we're gonna get into the main deck cards for this deck. Now we're gonna go over the decks one at a time, as opposed to like the legends and then the main deck cards. Um, but like they really needed to juice the vehicles for this deck, and they uh, didn't. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the short the short answer is they did not do that. You know, we're going to talk about a few new cards, and one, two of them are vehicles. Yeah, and, but... and they're not even like what you need for the vehicle deck. Like they're not bad, and we'll talk about that. But they're not like the juice that the deck needed. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. But before we do that, we do have a uh, one more legend to talk about from yeah. this deck. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually, I like this guy. <laughs> uh, so this guy is Katsumasa the Animator. It is two blue-blue for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature Moonfolk Artificer. It has flying, and it has two and a U. Until end of turn, target non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature and gains flying. If it's not a vehicle, it has base power and toughness 1-1 one, one until end of turn. And then it also has... At the beginning of your upkeep, put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to three target non-creature artifacts. Um, so so this guy, I I want you to get into it, and then I want to talk about it because I uh, I'm gonna first I'm gonna say that everything you're about to say I agree with you on. So okay, um, yeah. Uh, so aside from granting flying, Sidri Galvanic Genius just seems much much better for the exact same type of deck yeah um sidri costs less to cast she costs less to activate uh she makes your animated artifacts bigger than katsumasa does uh sidri gives you two extra colors and sidri has a second activated ability that combos with a ton of cards like granting lifelink and death touch is actually pretty sweet when you're you know giving your caltrops death touch or you're giving your etherflux reservoir lifelink um there's just a lot more synergies going on going on and and just pretty much in every way you could possibly want except for the flying sidri is better Mm -hmm. so um what i'm gonna say about that is that everything you're saying is completely correct and i think that that's a feature not a bug because i did have a sidri galvanic genius deck for a long time and one of the reasons i took it apart was that it was too good (laughs) (laughs) it was too good for most tables it was one of those decks where like I didn't even necessarily optimize it, but it ended up being too good and too fast for like most casual tables, but not like I would need to invest a lot of money into it or proxies to make it a CEDH deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I look at Katsumasa, what I'm seeing is like a mono blue Sidri that is worse, but like can kind of hang back. Like it's like putting the training weights on you. You're getting a lot of the same experience that you got with Sidri, but like, uh, and it's still going to be good. Like mono blue artifacts decks, like are are strong. They've just been given a lot of pieces over the years uh, in Commander and Magic and stuff like that. So, I I think that the deck still will be like fairly competitive in your meta, and it'll be pretty fun. You get to play with all the artifacts and and blue spells that care about artifacts that you wanted to play with. Um, but you're not gonna just pub stop. <laughs> um, they, these were the legends that you will get in this this deck um and honestly like i saw them uh, they were leaked early i wasn't sure what to think about them we've had a lot of time to think about them um i'm not super high on them currently i think that like over time katori will be cool but it's gonna 
take like too long for me to care about. <laughs> um, how do you feel about these cards in general? So I was pretty low, and then we had this discussion about Shorikai, and now I actually think Shorikai is kind of sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, mm, I think with the main deck cards, a lot of them in the U- in the blue-white deck are... There's a lot of interesting ones. Um, so I, yeah, I think this is get into overall kind of cool. Um, mm, ask me again after we discuss the commanders for the green-red deck. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's let we'll do a wrap up then and get into the main deck cards here because the first one is one of these vehicles that we were hoping would be a little bit more than it is. Um, do you mind if I I read it off? Yeah, go for it. This is Aerial Surveyor. This is a three four artifact vehicle for three mana, two and a white. It has flying. I would hope so. It's an aerial surveyor. Um, it says whenever aerial surveyor attacks, if defending player controls more lands than you, search your library for a basic planes card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. And it has crew two. Um, why is it a three four? <laughs> like <laughs> it has crew two already, so you're not like this could have been a three mana like four four or five five with like crew three or four. Oh, and then I'm... Katori could have crewed it. Like th- there's so many knobs that they could have done and then and then on top of that like why is it get a basic planes why do you have to be behind like there's so many knocks on this card that it just frustrates me so much i'm I'm not going to complain about like the power and toughness because you know i i barely care about life totals at all um (laughs) but what i just don't like about it is so you're going to play this on turn three you're going to crew it and attack on turn four the land enters the battlefield tapped so the first time you're actually going to benefit from this card is turn five and you'll only have at that point, you'll only have access to six mana. Um, so it's, it's just like, yeah, okay, this is ramp, but mm, 25% of the time it's not going to work at all. Cause you're yeah. going to be first and <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to have more lands than you. Um, and it's just like, you're doing all of this work. You need to have another creature uh, you need to be able to get in like you, you can't be going first just to go from five, just to have six mana on turn five. Uh, and it's like, is this really the ramp that's going to save white? Like when the mono green player is going Lanoir elf on turn one and then turn <laughs> three, I have three mana. Like you're, you're like lagging behind the green player by like four turns. Is this really where we want to be? Is this good enough for commander? Yeah, this is another one of the cards where if you listen to the set review already, you'll know that like when we got to the Myojins, especially the blue Myojin, which I, I have now listened to those episodes of Drive to Work. Um, we were like, I, I, or I specifically said, I wonder like sometimes if R&D is playing the same format that I am that like some of these cards they think are too busted and aerial surveyor is another one of them like i i would have preferred if this card just like reanimated lands or something like that like attack put a land from your graveyard on the battlefield like that would have been way cooler <laughs> than this having this like funny claws on it like uh, and kind of would have made more sense that it is the mana value and stuff it is but right now as it is like as a catch-up card like it's kind of insulting <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like like you said, that every other deck, even like you could not play Aerial Surveyor and just play a Palladium Mur, and then all of a sudden you have way more mana <laughs> your next oh, turn. Oh yeah, like so much better. Like what? What is 
the point of this. So upset. I'm I'm glad that they. I I don't know. I guess I'm glad they tried to print vehicles, but I feel like they missed on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one I'm really excited about though. This one's really cool. Yeah, this one's pretty sweet. Um, mind if I read it off? Yeah, go for it. So this is Drum Bellower. It's two and a white for a two-one creature spirit with flying. And it has untap all creatures you control during each other player's untap step. Uh, so where do you think this is going to be good? Ooh, um, this is going to be like really good in like aggro decks, right? So you can block. <laughs> um, no, yeah, this is great with, well, <laughs> ironically, it's actually not bad <laughs> with decks that want to rain it sideways because it's like pseudo vigilance and as a flying. But it's very, very good in decks that have like a lot of mana dorks decks that have like obviously a lot of tap abilities so like um uh what's the Largan um, augusta yeah thank you yeah there, there's like a bunch of things if you're running like other color identities you got some pretty busted like abilities with like the goblin welders like all three of them now well, okay so we've got goblin welder we've got scrap welder we've got goblin, goblin engineer, engineer and then i would lump audacious reshapers oh, into I that grouping that yeah yeah that's that's a sweet one um yeah no that one's been really good for me lately too um yeah i think like green white decks if you got like a shalai voice of plenty like uh you're gonna get counters all the time that's the same with katilda um this just seems good in a lot of lists you know this this just seems pretty busted um you listed some other ones there's like essica if you're building around the front part um sisay 1.0 gets you a legendary creature every turn um there's a Mariecki lot of, just like you know oh, just machine guns down. <laughs> yeah, everyone's creatures. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Teriel the Reckoner gets to reanimate a bunch of stuff. Garth One Eye gets to cast a bunch of alpha spells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that actually. Yeah, that's cool. But so this is one of the cards that I saw, and I was like, this is awesome. Um, I love this. This effect is really powerful. I'm glad they gave it to White. Uh, I think the card is incredibly fair. Like almost too fair but not quite <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? i think the tricky part is definitely going to be having the mana sinks because there's a lot of cool things you can do with it but you got to find a way to use that mana yeah that, that's not always going to be easy no easier if your commander does it like a katilda or something like that but mm-hmm. um but definitely still uh a fun card uh this yep. next one can you do you mind if i read this off Go this for is it. kind of a, a funny one. Um, this Iron Soul Enforcer is this next card. It is a 4-4 artifact creature human samurai for 5 mana, 4 and a white. It says, whenever Iron Soul Enforcer or a commander you control attacks alone, return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, this is great. Mm-hmm. I, I love that they took this um, like main set artif- like samurai warrior thing and were just like, eh, commander. <laughs> yep <laughs> like they're like yeah your, your commander can do it too that's fine um and this is so much better than a lot of the other triggers um i i'm on record now in a few places in her discord especially like praising the yamazaki sisters for like letting you like attack and then cast something from your graveyard um and this is just better <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this comes down turn five you attack with your commander presumably and uh, get something back immediately. And there's a lot of really good artifacts that sack themselves or die often, you know? Um, do you want to get into some cool tech? Yeah, so uh, when I saw this, the first thing that came to mind was Mindslaver. 
Um, yeah, but, I think definitely. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lock pretty easily. Um, I'm well for one player at least. Uh, but I would say there's mm, that that could be a little tricky to assemble. You definitely need to have like probably a blue white color identity um, so that you can make use of your artifact tutors to get that combo together. Um, in terms of commanders that would be particularly interested in this, Freya and Ozgear both have sacrifice outlets on them. So that's a way to, like, with this card, you can then um, you can then assemble some, like, value engines where you're repeatedly reanimating your value artifacts. Um, and then, like, in terms of partner pairs, if you've got, like, a white-black X list with Armix or casket in the command zone uh you could then be like dis either discarding artifacts with armix and getting them back with the enforcer or sacrificing them with casket and getting them back uh and then uh, in terms of like white x sack outlet or artifact sack outlets oswald fiddlebender comes to mind um it may but that's more like if you have an oswald in your main deck because i think the the oswald fiddlebender deck is just way too fast. Yeah, turbo to be mode. Interested. Yeah, <laughs> like you can win on turn four. You're not really looking at a lot of, you know, five drop value engines. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. But I think this is a cool card. I think this is one that is just going to like over time become a staple. Like, there's some cards that we tell you about, like the uh, what was the druid from Forgotten Realms, the druid of Reclamate. oh the uh, oh yeah the guy's cradle druid. Um, uh, circle yeah, of dreams circle, druid yeah there's circle of dreams druid and then there's the one that blows up a bunch of stuff oh druid uh, purification I, I, druid of purification either of those druids honestly i didn't realize there were two <laughs> from that set <laughs> we could point to and go staple like there you go that's a staple mm-hmm. and like the price is probably going to go up pretty fast i think this is going to be one of those cards that like they're not going to reprint it and in like four or three years it's going to be pretty expensive um just because it's pretty universally useful mm-hmm. and they're going to print more decks we're going to go back like the brothers war uh there's gonna be a lot of artifacts there Um, yeah i definitely agree that this might be a little harder to reprint given that it's an artifact creature human samurai (laughs) yeah so definitely uh i like i don't think you need to rush but i think this over time is going to be one of those cards that's going to jump up Uh, any especially now that they print commander decks with each set it seems like if a commander card takes off there's just less copies in existence than Mm -hmm. there probably used to be so um yeah something to keep in mind um but i think we can move on to the next card the next one's pretty simple sure Um, uh this is organic extinction it is eight white white for a sorcery with improvise so you can tap your artifacts for to pay for a generic mana and its cost and it says destroy all non-artifact creatures how do you feel about this card that's great yeah, this is I love uh asymmetrical board wipes. I love when I can plan around screwing everyone but myself over. <laughs> <laughs> um and I think you have some some good spots for it. Do you want to talk about um like decks that would want an effect like this that kind of just naturally already have a lot of artifact creatures? Sure. Uh so like Lotheal, the um the mono white commander that draws a card once per turn when you uh, drop artifact creatures that one naturally has a lot of robots um i was thinking hams of the battle bots list that one also makes a lot of sense you're you're really turboing 
a bunch of artifact creatures onto the battlefield. Similarly, like Jorkadine, Zabaz, Alibu, all of those tend are, are red-white commanders that tend to end up with a lot of artifact creatures on the board. But I will say that I think that 10 mana is too much, even with the cost reduction effect. Um, I, I just think this is... Mm, that like in especially in like white color identities I, I don't know it seems like even for an asymmetrical wrath we like 10 mana is not the right starting point not with the the current speed of commander yeah i mean the improvise i think uh will help if, i think like if you're doing like a jorkadine or something like that and you're going to have like the tokens this is definitely not going to be anywhere near 10 mana you know what i mean um but i do think you're right like i I think uh they did make it hard for you (laughs) they Uh didn't make it easy to get your asymmetrical wrath you're gonna work for it but um one of the cool things about artifacts is that they kind of feed into each other you play a little mana rock to play a bigger mana rock to play a bunch of guys um so I, i don't think it's impossible so i'm i'm still pretty high on organic extinction i think uh i'm gonna play this card in some decks even if it is 10 mana at the start mm-hmm. um can i read off this next guy yeah go for it uh so this one i think we can go over pretty quickly it's called release to memory it is an instant for four mana three and a white exile target opponent's graveyard for each creature card exiled this way create a one one colorless spirit creature token uh so notably these do not fly these are colorless kamigawa spirits um and yeah, I don't know. That's pretty simple. How do you feel about it? Uh, man, I it, it is only just now that I realized that the spirits do not fly. Um, and that really limits the usefulness. Like, I was already kind of low on this card. Because um, I think that typically if you want to make a bunch of tokens, you want to do it in sort of an aggressive deck that's going to be curving out, perhaps. Um, and like in uh like a millicent spirit tribal deck this is just a total blank in your opening hand like you're not able to curve <laughs> out with this card because there's not going to be really anything in graveyards on turn four most of the time yeah oh, that's i mean that's definitely true this is definitely a late game card or like a hate card right like this is the kind of card someone packs in their deck if like their meta is like a ton of self mill or something like that right like i i don't think if if you're in a meta where people are pretty like active in their game plans, like this isn't really gonna do much <laughs> for you, right? Like it's just gonna sit there and be kind of an overpriced, like make three spirits or something. Yeah, I, I kind of think that like the reward doesn't really match the requirement on this card. Like I said, if you're in an aggressive deck, you don't want your your like creature maker to be conditional in this way. And you yeah. want it to be active in the early game. Whereas if you're playing a control deck that's like, you know, trying to, you know, police the board and maybe answer threats in graveyards, then you're okay with the card being not so good in the early game and better in the late game. But then you like what do you care about a bunch of Experience. crappy tokens? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like uh I'm 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 not super high on this card. I don't really know who this is for. Yeah, usually, so what I've been learning lately is, like, when I see a card like this, like, that there is someone out there who has that weird middle ground deck that we're talking about. 
So that person is happy and I'm happy for them, but I'm not going to play this card. Yeah. Um, cause I, people, uh, I think people forgot until, um, tithe collector. Is that its name? People forgot until recently that tithe collector exists. The cat. Oh, alms collector. Alms collector. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh, if whole breacher would have been white. And it's like, well, we kind of, <laughs> we didn't have a good one, but, but it did exist. It was there. Yeah, it's been there for a bit. Um, but I digress. Uh, we should move on to the next card. This next card is called Swift Reconfiguration. And it's getting a lot of talk on the internet for formats that Arc Commander. We don't necessarily need to talk about that. But um, it is a one mana, so a single white pip for an art enchantment aura with flash. Enchant creature or vehicle. Enchanted permanent is a vehicle artifact with crew five and loses all other card types. So if it is a creature, it no longer is a creature and you have to crew five to make it a creature. Um, also screws over vehicles in that like if they had a low crew cost, no, they don't. It's crew five. Um, but that's what we're going to use it for, right? Screwing over our opponent's <laughs> vehicle tech. Well, um, it's not that. Um, I mean, it's not terrible offensively like if you are tossing this on a voltron commander it really messes them up because typically voltron commanders don't have a lot of other creatures in their deck um so that kind of makes sense like throwing this on a zergo is Mm -hmm. would be quite painful for them um uh so it's potentially a neat tool to have in white's aura toolbox and um you know when we saw Oh god, is it like one with the stars? Um Oh, I can't remember. What what set was it in? It was in Theros Beyond Death. Yeah, okay, one with the stars. Um so that's the aura enchant creature enchantment. Enchanted permanent is an enchantment and loses all of the card types. Oh, like yeah. making your commander no longer be vulnerable to creature removal is actually uh a useful effect and the fact it's just like one of the stars was way way too expensive, but getting it for one mana and flash so that you can do it, say, in response to a board wipe or in response to spot removal is not terrible. Um, yeah, I, I so think I, that's the better use for this, like, as opposed to, like, removal, like, using it proactively to, like, protect one of your creatures. I think that is actually, like, the good way to build this or mm-hmm. use this card, you know? Yeah, and, and, I, and we should, I guess, take a second to talk about the combo. Um, so you've probably heard of this card in uh, in combination with Devoted Druid. So if you slap this on a Devoted Druid, it's no longer a creature. And so putting minus one, minus one counters on the Devoted Druid to untap it no longer kills it. So And it also is nice that when Devoted Druid is no longer a creature, it's no longer affected by summoning sickness. So rather than having to wait a turn for your Devoted Druid to come online, you can just... Devoted Druid, Swift re- Reconfiguration, immediately get infinite green mana. Um, I will say that um, unless your deck is running a lot of creature tutors and aura tutors, which you know is possible in a green-white deck, um, this maybe is like something you luck into rather than plan for. Um, but I don't think it's like too good of a combo. You need a third card to be the outlet. Um, and like of the commanders that fill that role, 
there's six of them four of them are five color uh and then the other two are minsk who can then like use pump that infinite mana into making a boo like infinite infinite and killing someone and the other is shalai voice of plenty um who can then pump that green mana into putting plus one encounters on your team infinitely. Mm-hmm. So there's not too many commanders that really break this. And if you're not using your commander, uh, then it's just like a three card combo, which is so fine and not a problem yeah. in commander. <laughs> yeah. Whenever there's like outcry about a new three card combo, it's like, okay, what about all like 300 other three card combos yeah. <laughs> that have existed in the format for, its entire existence like mm-hmm. not scared <laughs> also one of the reasons why like i think it's strange that wizards thinks about the format the way they do because it's like you, you do know there's a lot of these right like mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need to protect us anymore like we've already been been hurt by these it, it, you can just give us cool toys um but i guess uh i i don't have anything to add do we want to move on to the blue cards yes let's do that Okay, so this first one is um, is it, the, blue's gonna have some like wizards' favorite designs here, and this is one of them. This is a, called Access Denied. It is an instant. It costs five mana, three blue blue. It says counter target spell create X one one colorless thopter artifact creature tokens with flying, where X is that spell's mana value. Uh, man, they do love their five mana counter spell with large upside. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think this is kind of like the swingy, um, exciting gameplay that they want to promote in Commander. Uh, I, I would say, like, you probably know if your deck is interested in this card. I don't think it's a gen- like a generically useful card. Um, yeah. But I think that perhaps in, like, Galazeth Prismari or Brutoclad, um, both of those Commander, like, Prismari can then tap those Thopters to cast more spells. Brutoclad can convert those Thopters into much scarier tokens. Um, and like Glacian can tap those Thopters to dig really deep in your library for more cards. So I think those are the main places I'm, I'm looking at for using, using this. I've really enjoyed the... What's the Treasure Maker one? um uh, spell swindle spell swindle yeah um for it it's various uh applications because like it's it's good in like a brutal clad it's good if you care about treasure it's a huge mana swing who would have thought that mana drain is a good card um <laughs> even when it costs five so i i like that about spell swindle and this is kind of the same thing it's like oh, okay it's a it's a very fair counter spell that gives me a huge advantage if i counter something big uh, and then you can do stuff with the tokens, presumably. So really cool. Um, they're going to just keep printing these cards, much like another card that I'm, we're going to get to <laughs> in this list. Um, so this is it. We're, we're, oh, no, this is not the other vehicle. Um, but I could still read it off if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So this is Cyberdrive Awakener. This is a, uh artifact creature construct for six mana, five and a blue. It is a 4-4 four, four flying creature that says other artifact creatures you control have flying. And when Cyberdrive Awakener enters the battlefield, until end of turn, each non-creature artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness 4-4. Four, four. Um, I, th- I actually really like this card. <laughs> this is like, 
blue artifact overrun on a recurrable creature and i'm super into it Mm -hmm. this is really cool there's there's a lot of decks that make like tokens there's like lunas there's the brutoclad there's uh psy oh i guess it's non-artifact non-creature right yeah Uh, yes but this is be good even in my like pirates list that deck makes so much treasure (laughs) you know yeah yeah that's kind of what i was thinking like malcolm treasures um galazeth prismari runs a bunch of like artifact token generation and and cheap utility artifacts i was also thinking like maybe even dalakos like you've got a bunch of equipment you can convert into big flying creatures um alila has a bunch of mana rocks that'll become five four flyers Next to her pump in flyers. Um, also, like Togo lists, if you're in like a blue R, blue X, red, a blue red yeah. X Togo list. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of neat uses for this card. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that uh, if you, you'll know when you see this card if you want it. Um, and I like that they're doing this now. It used to be there's a lot of card touch, like animate an artifact, it's as big as a CMC. And that's kind of cool for some things. Like that's actually better with most vehicles because most vehicles CMC is bigger than their power and toughness, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty funny. So like animating a vehicle with trample, it still has trample even though now it's a five five instead of a four four. Um, but they've been making so many artifact tokens: blood, uh, clues, food, treasure, um, whatever it might be, and so. I think the more of those we get, the more artifact tokens we get, the cooler Cyber Drive Awakener and cards like it are going to be. So um, that's it. We're Now we're at our uh, next vehicle. And you already know it doesn't fix the the, uh, the archetype. So do you care if I just get into it? <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it. So this is Imposter Mech. Um, it is a, an artifact vehicle, like I said. Costs two mana, one in a blue. And it... Uh, it has baseline 3 1. Uh, it doesn't really matter too much because it says you may have imposter mech enter the battlefield as a copy of a creature and opponent controls, except it's a vehicle artifact with crew 3 and it loses all other card types. Uh, and then it naturally has crew 3. So, just before you get into this, the reason why it's a 3 1 with crew 3 is in case like there is a board wipe and or, or you, you also just don't have to have it. Yeah, that's something. You that know? seems kind of interesting. So, uh, in general, I'm I'm don't love. I mean, I would much prefer this just copied my own things or copied anything. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, because I, then I could like control it and have a bit more. Um, I, it'd be easier to figure out where this was good. Um, but I think this is like the fact that it's not a creature all the time is actually kind of compelling. Like, imagine putting this on like you know, a Praetor, like a Shieldred or an Elish Norn or a Jingataxius, like the fact that it's not vulnerable to creature removal if you don't want it to be um, can actually be really compelling. Like, make make it harder to answer the the haymakers that your opponents are, are casting that you get to copy. Um, one interesting... Oh, also, and, you know, because it's relatively cheap, it falls into some cool toolboxes. Um, you can get this with a tribute mage. Uh, it's a vehicle, so you can get it with like anchor to reality or like dead eye quartermaster. And I guess also um, you can transmute for it with like a muddle and mixture. 
So it's got some interesting characteristics. I think this could be a cool card. I am interested to test with it or or maybe even just like look at the board states in the mm-hmm. next couple of weeks and see would an imposter mech be good here? Um, one thing that's kind of interesting. Uh, okay, well, interesting to me, maybe not to other people. Uh, so there are seven cards uh, whose name includes imposter. And the other six all use the O-R spelling of imposter. This is the only magic card that uses the E-R spelling of imposter. I don't know why that is. I assume this must be like an oversight by their editing team. Um, But just thought that was interesting. Huh, that's a fun little like Madden fact right there. (laughs) That's cool. Um, Yeah, I I do like this card too. I, I will say that like, I think it loses a lot of functionality in that you can't just copy your own stuff. But I think this is fun. I, I, I think it will definitely be like, imagine you like copy someone's hacktose with this, mm-hmm. like, and then whenever you can crew three, you have like the perfect blocker or attacker or whatever. Like that seems cool. So, um, I guess do you mind if I get to this next one? I think you don't, uh, have much to say about it. So it'll be pretty quick. Yeah, go for it. So this is Kappa Cannoneer. This is an artifact creature turtle warrior for six mana, five and a blue. Uh, it's a four four. It has improvised, so you may pay your artifacts can tap to help pay the generic cost on this. Uh, it has ward four, so it's a four four ward four. Um, and whenever an artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Kappa Cannoneer, and it can't be blocked this turn. Um. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I don't understand why they keep printing French vanilla beaters in Commander Precons. This is um, not a compelling <laughs> design for this format. I so I I have I'm not as upset about that. I think like the fact that it's like so grandiose of a beater is like some people like that. I don't like it. You don't like it. Whatever. But like, what about this as a cannoneer? Like. It has ward four and it like charges over there. Like, well, shouldn't it like tap to deal damage or something like that? Like, you know, like what, what I don't get it. <laughs> like the flavor is, is disconnected here too. So like, not only is it just like a pretty unflavorful big beater, um, there's a lot of ways to attack someone to death. So it's not really adding much to the format. Um, and on that note, do you want to read the next guy? Yes. Uh, so this next card is Research Thief. It is four and a blue for a 3-3 three, three artifact creature Moonfolk Wizard. It has flash and flying, and whenever an artifact creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So I I really like this uh, type of card. I, I mean, I've mentioned Coastal Piracy on so many episodes or, yeah. or similar <laughs> effects. Um, so I think this is really neat. Um, of course, because it says specifies artifact creatures, that does limit where this can fit into the format. I think that Psy Master Thopterist, of course, makes a lot of sense. Um, Rebek lists tend to run a lot of artifact creatures and like want to get in with them because they all have protection from like everything. Um, so that that's another place I think would make sense. Rebek mm-hmm. being the white uh, commander from Commander Legends that. Uh, it's three and a white for a three, four legendary creature, human artificer artifacts. You control have protection from each converted mana cost among artifacts. You control 
So that tends to be like a staircase of artifact creatures that all have protection from like everything. Uh, yeah, it has partner. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I also think Brutoclad probably wants this, you know. Okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. It, it's pretty often that your uh, tokens are artifacts, just because artifact token creatures are pretty common. Um, so, yeah, there's a few places. I think this is another one you're going to know when it'll be good for you. So just keep your eyes peeled. Um, I think the fact that his flash is like crazy good on it. Um, mm-hmm. Flashing in your coastal piracy at the end of your opponent's turn is like so much nicer than like starting your turn off <laughs> with the coastal piracy and attacking. Um, which gets us to this next card. Uh, this is their last card for this deck we're going to talk about. And um, and it's it's Wizard's favorite blue design. It's uh, called Universal Surveillance. Uh, it is a sorcery. And it says X, blue, blue, blue. Um, draw X cards. Uh, this one, the spin on this one, is it has Improvise. So your artifacts can help you make mana. Uh <laughs> they love this card so much like i think literally literally every commander set we've gotten the last year has had one of these in it Mm -hmm. like how why uh well i like this one a lot less than the other ones we've seen yeah Um, (laughs) even the forgotten realms one is good because it's like an instant and like if you get the booby prize it the booby prize is insane it's like scry x before you draw x like yeah so like uh the, and the, sorry i don't want to interrupt um, no that was i was interrupting you i'm sorry <laughs> you know it's good uh yeah so like commanders we've seen so many of them and almost all of them have been instants like commander's insight that's an instant diviner's portent that's an instant drown in dreams that's an instant um like there's i i don't really see why you would want to run universal surveillance uh, there, there are maybe some decks that can impro- improvise for a lot, but um, I don't really think that's super compelling. Uh, I, yeah. I just think I, I wouldn't be interested in running this card. I think there's better ways to draw cards in your artifact deck. Yeah, I 100% agree. Which gets us to the next deck. We're in the red-green deck. This deck kind of focuses on uh, modifications. Um, so one of the themes in the set is modified, which is if it has a counter on it, if it has an aura you control on it, or an equipment on your creature, then that creature is modified and things care about having modified creatures, how many modified creatures you have, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this deck was, <laughs> this deck is ostensibly very much about that. So let's see uh, how it goes. Do you want me, or do you want to read off the first commander? Or I can go ahead and read it off. It is uh, Chishiro, the Shattered Blade. Two red-green for a 4-4 legendary creature, Snake Samurai. Whenever an aura or equipment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 red spirit creature token with Menace. And then at the beginning of your end step, put a plus plus one counter on each modified creature you control. And as a reminder, uh, equipments, auras you control, and counters are modifications. So how do you feel about Chishiro? Um, this... This can get out of hand really quickly with the right setup. So, like, if you're just gonna go, like, play a bone splitter, play, uh, uh, what the new bone splitter that's rare in the set, yeah, like, yeah. Make, get some two twos or whatever, like, that's whatever. But like a togo, like a togo, 
if you're uh you're like playing things that like make a lot of tokens really quickly the blood blood forge battle axe or whatever that actually gets really good really fast um unfortunately there's just not a lot of ways to do that you know like that doesn't really happen uh they just don't print cards that are that aggressively making equipment tokens uh mm-hmm. very often um i only i think there's only four really um but there's other stuff you can do do you want to get into some other tech you can do with this commander sure um so yeah just to to highlight some of those cards that make equipment tokens there's uh Tago's rock tokens um there is a uh, bloodthirsty battle axe bludgeon brawl not exactly that but it makes your your non-equipment non-creature artifacts into equipment so i, so I have a question actually about arterial alchemy uh it makes blood when it enters the battlefield um mm-hmm. and then it says blood tokens you control are equipment in addition to other types and have blah 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 would that trigger this would you get a blood that is an equipment so that this guy would see yes i believe it would okay um, and that's pretty good too because that's three mana to get three <laughs> two twos mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good yeah that seems solid um so in addition to um farming like triggers off of your equipment tokens um i was thinking that this is probably not this is not going to be easy to assemble in this color identity, but the potential is there for combos with Rancor and Phyrexian Altar. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so as long as you start off with one token, you play Rancor on your token, you get a new token. You sack the Rancor token for one green mana, um, the Rancor returns to your hand, and you're back where you started. Um, and then if you have any like death triggers or anything like that, then that uh, you can use that infinite death loop to kill somebody. Um, but that's, again, that's probably not super easy to assemble in red-green. And I think that really there's... Um, it, it just seems hard to farm this. Um, yes. But like, there is the one card in the precon that makes a bunch of aura tokens. But really, we've mentioned, like, five cards, and I think we've exhausted... <laughs> a lot of the the efficient ways to to milk this guy. Yeah, the list has been pretty well milked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um I haven't had time to put this in our Discord, but I have an idea for aura tokens because I've been thinking about this a lot since we saw this guy that I'm going to post there when I get feedback on it from our trusted patrons and Nick here, then I will let everyone talk about it, but I think until we can get something that makes like aura tokens like that or we just get more like togos you know like we get more things that make crappy equipment that you can throw on things um this is just gonna be a pretty fair commander you know it really all it's doing is it's saying play with your voltron cards but spread them out um and that's fine you know maybe someone wanted to do that yeah i mean i mean there's (laughs) sort of a build for this guy that's like run maybe run a bunch of like creatures that naturally generate their own plus one plus one counters and then it's sort of like an atraxa that just kind of proliferates essentially proliferates on your end step yeah um that's maybe a one direction to do this but that's not a huge reward i don't think no i agree i think it's just like not 
enough. It's not enough for me to be super interested in it, but maybe you are. I mean, I, I'm i going to go ahead and say that this guy isn't bad. You know, like he's a four mana four four that does stuff like gets you a lot of value for playing Rancors and stuff like that. Um, And the tokens aren't nothing like a two two menace basically for free basically for like casting equipment and stuff like that that's like mm-hmm. that's good so I, I don't think this guy's weak i just think it's like nothing crazy it's nothing to like write home about right now this deck is going to go off certain times when you have your togo uh it's going to go off when your blood craze blood blood forged battle axe is like swinging in there but um i i uh i'm gonna say this guy's very fair you're going to be playing fair magic when you play Chishiro. Um, and kind of on the opposite note, do we want to get into the uh, other, the alt commander for this deck? Yes. Uh, so this is Kaima, the Fractured Calm. It is two red green for a 3 3 legendary creature spirit. At the beginning of your end step, goad each creature your opponent's control that's enchanted by an aura you control. Put a plus and plus one counter on Kaima the Fractured Calm for each creature goaded this way. Um, so when I was looking at this, I was um, thinking about either like negative auras to put on your opponent's things, which unfortunately there aren't a lot of in this color identity, but you can like Kenrith's Transformation or like Lignify your opponent's creatures. Um, there's also a couple of funny cards from before uh, basically, at at some point, they changed how they templated a lot of auras. Um, but there are a, a couple of auras that you can put on your opponent's creatures that get you benefit when they hit something. So, like Keen Sense, for example, uh, is the curi- It's like the green curiosity, and the way it's worded, it's whenever enchanted creatures deals damage to an opponent, you may draw a card. So it's <laughs> funny. Uh, so yeah, if if opponent A has a creature with keen sense on it that's goaded, and they like attack opponent B when they hit, you get to draw a card. Um, one with nature works similarly. It's um, an aura that basically rampants rampant growths when the enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player. But you know that player can be anyone, and this can go on any creature. So uh, another one that's pretty nice with Kaima. And then aside from that, I was just thinking about like uh, ETB effects on auras, like ones that either draw you a card, you know, Dragon Mantle, Frog Tongue, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, Ones that like Galvanic Arc um, that can shoot something for three when it enters a battlefield so you can get a little bit of extra value that way. And then there's a couple auras that get you value when the enchanted creature dies. So you can like put a bequeathal or a fruit of the first tree on an opponent's creature, and then whenever that creature dies, you get to draw cards. That's pretty cool. I like that. Um, I want to say that I actually, the more I've thought about this guy, the more I've liked it. I think that the something that I've just been noticing as I've been playing more, especially with more goad cards, is like the value. It's it's the same reason why I think wheels are actually like good or fine a lot of the time. It's not just because you get seven cards, but you're taking away a lot of agency from your opponents. And I think that's actually really powerful because um, I don't want to be mean to people, but I feel like people don't perform well 
under pressure, even if that's just like, oh no, my creature has to attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Kaima is actually going to play pretty fun. You're going to like keep the game rolling. You're going to have this big thing that's either going to be able to get in there or like not. Well, I mean, it is going to be able to get in there because they're all attacking each other, but it, you can get some weird value off of these enchantments, like Nick said, and I think the gameplay is going to be kind of kind of cool. It's going to be a lot different than... Um, uh, like, this to me seems like a really funny way of politics. It's like, politics my way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you show up and you're like, all right, this is what we're doing now, everyone, and they don't have a say in... And how that may or may not be true, because now they have a rancor on their commander and it can't hit you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I like Kaima more than Shishiro, but they're different decks. You know what I mean? Like, y- you're not necessarily going to want to play like a Dragon Mantle in a Shishiro. I guess maybe you do, or like a, a Lignify. <laughs> Stuff like that, like those aren't necessarily cards. Well, I don't know. I guess you do actually. You, I would play Delignify and Shishiro because you get you screw their thing over and get a two two menace. Yeah, so, and the thing is, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm just thinking in real time, which I should probably not do on the podcast. No, no, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> Basically, like, I I think I don't know. I I probably wouldn't play Bequeathal. There there are some auras that I'm not going to play in both decks, and I'm definitely like not going to play like as much equipment in Kaima because like it, I really can't easily give that to people. I could put the, like what's the blood soaked rapier or whatever, the one that like you attach to their things and they're goaded. That seems, Oh yeah. That um, seems not, not rapier. Um, you know what I'm talking about though? I Everyone at home is about. screaming right now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, like that kind of stuff is actually been fun and like actually has helped me like when I played with it just for fun, just to see like what it was like, it overperformed. It impressed me. Um, Bloodthirsty so Blade. Bloodthirsty Blade. Thank you. So that's why I think Kaima is going to be fun. Like if I can actually choose what auras I'm playing as opposed to be forced to use this Bloodthirsty Blade, um, I think it'll go pretty well. So uh, one gripe I have with Kaima, why isn't it a boar? If Ilhard can be a boar god, why can't Kaima be a spirit boar, you know? I had that exact same thought. Like, so many of the boars are green for the people who want to do boar tribal. Like, uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, I I, I totally agree. Should have been a boar. That's my great. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we agree. I didn't know you felt that way, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> Actually, here, here's something else important. Uh, the description for Kaima on the um, on the like, official Wizards website, they did like a, the Legends of Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Uh, they described it as a boar with like bear paws. So maybe it should be a boar bear spirit. Oh, yes. I mean, they are stretching the limit of what they can do with these type lines. Mm-hmm. And those are one syllable words. Yeah, if, they, so, if they're going to have an equipment jellyfish in the set, maybe. A legendary artifact equipment jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100% yeah. agree. All right, uh, anyway. moving on to the next commander. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, this guy is Kosei Penitent Warlord. One green green for a 0-5 legendary creature ogre samurai. As long as Kosei is enchanted, equipped, and has a counter on it, Kosei has, whenever Kosei deals combat damage to an opponent, you draw that many cards, and Kosei deals that much damage to each other opponent. Uh, 
So essentially, like if you jump through the hoop of, you know, getting him enchanted, equipped, and a counter, so like ultra modified, then he can potentially get you a lot of value and beat the hell out of your opponents. But the the problem is like there is a in addition to like his three requirements, there's also just a bunch of requirements you need on a Voltron commander. <laughs> like it's it's not enough for him to just like, you know, have a menace counter and a like and have like plus O plus one on an equipment and plus O plus one on an aura. Like you need to be pumping his power so that when he deals combat damage to something, it actually matters. You need to give him evasion so that he can actually get through to draw your cards and and deal bonus damage. Um, And then ideally you need some form of protection because you're investing so many resources into this one card by getting a counter on it, by putting an aura on it, by, by spending your mana equipping it that there's yeah a bunch of secret extra requirements to this commander and some of those requirements can overlap like you can put an equipment on it that'll give it flying or put an aura on it that'll give it some sort of protection but it's still like like basically a five card combo to do something that's not that insane yeah um so i really uh i'm not crazy about this commander it just you're you're also in like not a great color identity to search for equipment or search for auras. So in order to meet this requirement, you gotta have a a critical mass of auras, a critical mass of equipment, and a critical mass of countergranting effects. And there's a t- a tiny bit of overlap. Like there are some like or- ordeal of Nylia or Hydra's growth give you an aura and a counter. And like Sword of Hours and Armory of Eroes give you an equipment and a counter but there's not that much overlap and really the the way to build this deck is to fill a ton of slots with auras a ton of slots with equipments a ton of slots with counter granting effects um and 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 so like you're just not left with a lot of room in your deck for good cards um <laughs> so, so like even if you jump through all the hoops required like you pump his power you give him evasion you meet all his three requirements and then you hit your opponent uh like the cards you're going to be drawing are just these crappy auras and equipment and counter granting effects that you needed to to meet his condition um it, i don't know i i really don't love this design if he was like a three mana four four I would be a, I'd, I'd I'd be a lot more generous to him, or like three mana, or like a four mana four four trample. I don't know, something where he completed some of the requirements, mm-hmm. um, just like the basic Voltron requirements. It it I'd be a lot more interested in this guy. But I got you. So so, uh, like as an empath, I'm getting that you're low on this card, <laughs> right? That's what's what's going on here. Yes, you're you're so keyed in. I'm really impressed with your your ability to pick up on that. Yeah, I would use uh, again. I've, I've used it a few times this episode. Fair to describe Kose. I think that this is one of those cards where like the flavor is the whole point of the card. Um, this is this warlord who has put away his things, but if you suit him up, he's good to go. That's cool. There's people that are into that. There's the whole um, 
like samurai who's like found peace and like doesn't want to kill anymore but he still can trope that like exists in the world um but i agree with you i think like if you're playing this deck you're playing it for the challenge and not because you want to win mm-hmm. you know like this is not a super strong commander it is a super interesting commander it's fun um you're basically playing a mini game with yourself like as you sit down with your friends but yeah i, I agree it does take a lot to actually make this go off um yeah, we've got a link to a deck list in the episode description if you want to check it out. Um, and you can give it some goldfish, but it just seems uh, difficult to win with. <laughs> yeah, so now we're into the main deck cards for this deck. And uh, I guess I'll... Can I just start off? Because this one's a banger. Sure. Yeah, this is Aki Battle Squad. This is a 6-6 Goblin Samurai. Um, I think it's a 6-6 because there's like six goblins in the squad (laughs) um but it is also six mana five and a red it says whenever one or more modified creatures you control attack untap all modified creatures you control after this combat phase there is an additional combat phase this ability triggers only once each turn um that's cool i like this yeah uh there like is a combo potentially like if you have if you can modify a brago um then you can attack with Brago, trigger the squad, and then blink the squad when Brago deals combat damage so that uh, the battle squad becomes a new object. And on your next combat, you can trigger it again. That but also works with um, Sword of Hearth and Home, too, right? Oh, that actually, ooh, that's a good point. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. That that actually falls into a lot more color identities. Great uh, yeah, great tech. A little, little tech. Well, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, but it is still difficult. You, you still need to have a creature that will survive that can blink this. Um, mm-hmm. And then it'll think it's a new object every time, right? Or yes, is it still ordered that way? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I oh yeah, just saw rolling, rolling on this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So if you flicker it, you're good to go. Um, but that's cool. Also, this is a six six for six that gets you this. So like, that's nothing to scoff at. Even if you can't combo dropping this, you're immediately going to get two combats. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's a body that can hold equipment or auras or counters or whatever you're doing to modify. Getting counters on creatures is pretty trivial in Commander. So a lot of lists, yeah, can, yeah. can accomplish this really easily. Yeah, not hard to put a bunch of counters on your guys. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I, I like this guy. I'm high on it. I don't have a deck that it's going to go into at this point in time. But I'm assuming a listener does, uh, and I want to hear what that deck is. But you, you had some ideas for some some cool spots for this guy. Do you want to get into some of those? You had like yeah. a number of them, actually. <laughs> so uh, Phylath, World Shaper, or he can um, put a bunch of counters on your plants on Landfall. Uh, sorry, Phylath, World Sculptor. Grumgully puts counters on your guys as they enter the battlefield. Ixava, that deck wants, wants to run a bunch of creatures with plus and plus one counters. Um, Marchessa, the first one, Marchessa the, the Black Rose, she puts counters on your guys uh, when they uh, attack the player with the highest life total. Obun, the Naya, um, the Naya Zendikar Precon Commander, puts counters on things with landfall triggers. Uh, Omnath, 3.0 also puts counters on things with landfall triggers. Halana and Elena add counters to things at the beginning of combat. And then Zabaz, the uh, the Glimmer Wasp or whatever, runs a bunch of moda- of um, modular creatures that are naturally modified. 
So all those kind of make sense. They're all pretty good at getting a bunch of modified dudes on the battlefield and turning them sideways. I uh, Something that red-green is good at, something that red-green X tends to be good at, and red is just good at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's pretty cool. Um, so let's get into this next one. I don't think there's like too much to say about it, but it is an interesting card. It's called Collision of Realms. This is a red sorcery. It costs seven mana, six and a red. Each player shuffles all creatures they own into their library. Each player who shuffled a non-token creature into their library this way reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card, then put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of their library in a random order. Yeah, how do you feel about this? There's not a whole lot of mono-red polymorph effects. Like, we're still, you know, below a critical mass, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, this yeah. is useful. Yeah, so this is useful in that sense. It's also sort of a wrath. Um, it, it will, because, like... No matter how many creatures get shuffled away, only one they each opponent only gets one replacement, and or rather each player only gets one replacement. So it's kind of sweet if your opponents all have boards full of creatures and you have like your animated mistress factory or something, and then you end up with like some enormous haymaker creature and all your opponents only get a random dude from out of their library. Uh so that could be kind of cool. It is really really expensive um like it's more than i would want to pay for a wrath and more than i would want to pay for a polymorph effect so i wish it was a little cheaper yeah i think this is like if you have a deck too with just like a lot of huge donks like a rakdos list or something like that this is probably fine too because it like clears the board it like gets rid of tokens uh, you were probably already spending big mana on spells uh, and then get something out. But yeah, very expensive for what it's doing, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess, do you want to read off this next one and keep on moving? Yes. Uh, so this next one is Kami of Celebration. It is four and a red for a 3-3 three, three creature spirit. Whenever a modified creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. And then whenever you cast a spell from exile, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. I mean, clearly this is like a a sort of self-feeding engine and you just kind of got to kick it off. So there's a lot of basically all the commanders I mentioned earlier as like red X commanders that are good at supporting modified. Those are pretty good at kicking off the first ability, the the modified creature you control attacking ability. And then Prosper, of course, runs a bunch of spells it can cast from Exile, or a bunch of ways to cast spells from Exile. So it can kick off the second half of the ability, similarly like Lyelia, the Blade Reforge, and a couple other red commanders. So I think this is pretty neat. Um, you know, it's potentially a lot of cards. I'm for it. I would definitely run this yeah. in the list that can uh, trigger it pretty easily. Yeah, I I like like one card engines like this that like kind of turn your game plan on or like bring you to like the next stage of your game plan and the amount of like cards and stuff you get out of this, the counters, the board presence. This makes me really like pretty high on Kamiya Celebration and it already has like a bunch of decks like you said that goes into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exciting. Can I read off this next one? Yeah, go for it. So, this is Komainu Battle Armor. So this is an artifact creature equipment dog for three mana, two and a red. It has menace. It is a two, two equipped creature gets plus two, plus two and has menace. 
And whenever Komainu battle armor or equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, goad each creature that player controls and has reconfigure of four. So four generic mana. So um, again, uh, reconfigure when you pay four, you can attach it to a creature you control. It becomes an equipment. It gives what it says on the card. And then if that creature dies or you pay four again to unequip it, it becomes its two, two mana self once again. I think this is actually really good like this is actually probably one of the better goad cards it only is one color uh it comes down really early so you can start as soon as you can like goad someone's board once like they kind of are screwed for forever and the fact that this has menace is really good and the fact that eventually you can like reconfigure this onto something to protect it more because then if that creature dies it becomes a 2-2 menace again they have to have two kill spells for it or just an artifact removal spell this is cool i i like this card yeah, I like this as well. Um, it's there are a couple like Goad Commanders, like Kaima, like um, uh, Marisi, that would be interested in running. You know, more ways to keep the combat going. Um, it's a dog for Ren and Sari, if that matters. Uh, I think this is just a, a pretty neat card. I'm, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, I am too. I think this is just going to be a role player. I, I definitely think I get. I'm going to have decks that want this like pretty easy to goad something really early in mm-hmm. the game with that menace. So really cool. Um, this next one, I think you have a lot of thoughts on it. <laughs> so do you want me to read it off and then uh, uh, you can get into it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So this is smoke spirits aid. It is a red sorcery. It costs X red and it says for each of up to X target creatures, create a red aura enchantment token named Smoke's Blessing. Oh, sorry, Smoke Blessing. I don't know why they word it like that. Attached to that creature. Uh, those tokens have enchant creature, and when enchanted creature dies, it deals one damage to its controller, and you create a treasure token. Um, so if the creature dies, if you like, if it's on your creature, you take one and make a treasure. If it's on an opponent's creature, they take one and you make a treasure. Um, just to clarify that, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about this card? So, okay, it—I mean, it makes sense. It's in this precon because it's useful in both Kaima as a way to go to a bunch of your opponent's creatures forever, um, or to get a bunch of two-two menace tokens in Shishiro. But outside of those lists, I this card doesn't really seem to have any applications. Um, it's not resonating with you. <laughs> not not resonating with me mm-hmm. at all. Um, like even if you want to use this for to make treasures, like oh somebody's gonna probably gonna cast a board wipe, or like I'm gonna follow it up with a blasphemous act. Like you are putting more mana into it than you are getting back in treasure because it's X and a red. So I just don't. So okay, I guess you're you're dealing a a little plinky damage to a couple opponents, but. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't run this out of Kaima outside of Kaima and Chishiro. Um I will say like I think that they still have not nailed like the execution for aura tokens. Yeah. Neither this nor Estrid really hmm, Yeah, really I, hit home. <laughs> yeah, like both of them are essentially death triggers like the totem armor tokens that Estrid makes only matter when the creature is about to die. These only matter when the creature dies. It would be nice, maybe if like the aura tokens actually 
affected the gameplay of the creatures, like how most auras affect how creatures play. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think that if they really want to make aura tokens happen, they have not yet executed on it well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think like the problem with aura tokens was that they were like afraid. And like before we had like ability tokens, like obviously that would have been the, the smart thing to do, right? Like aura token, this creature has trample, whatever it is, right? Um, I think there is still design space out there. I think it's really narrow. Uh, but now that we have ability tokens, like, or uh, sorry, ability counters, um, what like it's it's kind of cut off a lot of the the burden of like having a fake thing on your creature that has extra text and stuff like that right so yeah i was thinking like um maybe it would make sense like if they had enchanted creature is goaded um that's the kind of thing that like oh it's useful to mark on a creature it can't be done with a counter um you might want to do it to multiple creatures at once I think that all would make sense. Um, it's just unfortunate that, like, you know, Kaima, Kaima well, it, it wouldn't be good in this deck because Kaima basically does the same thing. But it would be a reason to make an aura token, I think. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's like it's good in the two decks that it was built for <laughs> and not really many places other than that. So it. I don't. I don't really know. If you at home have like a, a use for it that we're missing, I would love to hear it, um, and we'll give you a shout out on on the show. So I think we're in the last red card for this episode. It is called Unquenchable Fury. It is an aura. It costs three mana, two and a red. It says Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature has whenever this creature attacks, it deals X damage to defending player, where X is the number of cards in their hand. And when Unquenchable Fury is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. So we get some more of that Rancor text. Sword of War and Peace. Uh, I think the only sword less popular than it is Body and Mind, and that's because Sword of War and Peace actually gives good protection. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so Sudden Impact is not like necessarily a super popular commander card. I don't know. The fact that it doesn't die is not, not nothing. You know, I I honestly don't have any strong feelings about this card. I can't think of any list um, where I really want to run it. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, like you know, I tend to underestimate direct damage, so it, it's just not a kind of card that excites me. Yeah, sorry, this, it's my no, bias. It's, yeah, it's fine. I think like in a deck where you have like a little guy that's getting in there, and like you are doing other stuff. It's fine. So, like, the fact that, like, maybe, like, a Chishiro, like, there is a commander that likes when you cast an enchantment or something like that. Um, and then your little guy gets in there. So, like, it's just chipping away at someone while you're doing your game plan. That seems fine. But, like, yeah, I can't think of, like, what that is right now. But uh, if you are listening at home and you know what that is, please tell me. Because that sounds like it'd be fun. But we're done with red. Now we're in the green. Do you want to read off this guy? <laughs> It's your favorite kind of commander card. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I feel like the total runtime of us talking about the red-green deck is going to be a lot shorter than the blue-white deck. Yeah, than the white deck, yeah. um, All right, this is Ascendant Acolyte. Four and a green for a 1-1 creature human monk. He enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it. For each plus one, plus one counter among other creatures you control, 
At the beginning of your upkeep, double the number of plus one plus one counters on Ascendant Acolyte. Uh, I am very bored by this card. <laughs> um, I, I don't why? know why they keep printing vanilla beaters in Commander Precons. Maybe you could run it in like a Hamza deck because mm. you're going to have a bunch, almost, you're going to have a bunch of creatures with a bunch of plus one plus one counters on them. So this will be certainly very large, but it is just going to be a vanilla beater. If you can use the counters as a resource for something else, whatever that might be, or like you care about having like really big creatures for whatever reason, um, like your Galta list or something like that, then uh, this is fine. This will help you draw cards. This will like get flung pretty good whatever but yeah i think there's a very small number of decks that want this and uh just for time i think we should keep moving because this is this next card is also if we don't have too much to say about it it's called concord with the kami uh it is an enchantment it costs four mana three and a green and it says at the beginning of your end step choose one or more uh put a plus one plus one counter on target creature with a counter on it draw a card if you control an enchanted creature Create a 1-1 colorless spirit creature token if you control an equipped creature. So if you control a creature with a counter on it, uh, an enchanted creature and an equipped creature, you get a plus one plus one counter, a card in hand, and a 1-1 colorless spirit. Um, I I don't hate this. How do you feel about this? Uh, I just... I, I'm just not excited by this card. It's expensive for relative to the value you're getting. Um, it's conditional like all the effects are pretty low impact uh i uh, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of this card it's asking you to jump through hoops and it's giving you some minor value for doing so and when i say minor i mean it like there's not actually that much going on with this card for four mana you could just cast like harmonize and draw three cards <laughs> you know <laughs> like this is kind of going to fall prey to the phyrexian um phyrexian arena conundrum where like yeah if the game goes long it could do a lot of value but like if your game is only going to end at like turn seven or eight, like you're better off with a burst of cards. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you um, for, for knowing what I was going to say. <laughs> um, so I think with that, we can get onto the next one. Do you want to read off this next one? Sure. This is one with the Kami. Uh, this is three and a green for an enchantment aura with flash. It has an enchant creature you control. And whenever enchanted creature or another modified creature you control dies, create X one, one colorless spirit creature tokens where X is that creature's power. It's honestly like a little odd that it's an aura. I guess it's just because this is the modified deck. This normally would just be an enchantment. Um, But this looks like a combo piece to me. Um, You can put this in like Grumgully, Renata, or Tyam. Is any of these green commanders that add a creature or put a counter on creatures when they enter the battlefield. Um, And then the spirit itself or will or the spirit will be modified so you just need to like start the chain some other modified creature dies you get a spirit which is itself modified and then you can just sack that spirit get a new spirit over and over and over and get infinite of whatever your sack outlet gives you like all of those commanders are probably running sack outlets anyway it also is uh really really good with skull clamp it potentially uh make well it does make as many spirits as you have the mana to clamp because all those Spirits, when they die, are modified by the Skull Clamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're modified by the Skull Clamp and they die as two zeros. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So uh, you do net some boys. Um, yeah, I like this card too. I think this is really cool. It's a cool role player. Um, I think it's funny that it is an aura. I mean, it puts in a lot more interaction points for your opponents, which is bad for you, but like, whatever. <laughs> it, it's like interesting because it's like going to be strangely more tutorable in like certain lists. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like a weirder piece of tech, which I like. I like when they make weird tech like that. Yep. Which gets us to we're almost we're almost out. So this next one is called Rampant Rejuvenator. This is a plant hydra for four mana, three and a green. It's a zero zero, but it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it. And when Rampant Rejuvenator dies, search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is Rampant Rejuvenator's power. Put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle. Um yeah, so I mean if you can put more counters on this guy and you're running a normal amount of basics. Um, <laughs> the, the amount of basics that you should be running in a deck and not like seven <laughs> mm-hmm. or something and you, you already ramped out a few of them, like this is going to be a lot of value. Um, if you're not putting plus one, plus one counters on your creatures, this is not going to get you that much value. It's just going to be a weird two, two for four that dies into some some lands so i mean that's not terrible but you might as well just run like explosive vegetation at that point you know yeah um there there are a couple commanders that can make use of this but i think that in general you're you're definitely going to want to run those more traditional ramp spells but like uh if you're running like say a green commander that has a bunch of sack outlets and can add counters to this like that would be like Mazarek, grumgully renata Rakma, Rehan, all those strike me as decks that would have that would meet those requirements to to make rampant rejuvenator better than a rampant or an explosive vegetation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely some decks to look at. Um, I do love Rehan. I love Rehan so much, hmm. uh, and I'll never make Grumgully, but I will like nod from a distance and like as we pass like on the train or something like that. You know, like like good job, bud. You're really killing it. So, uh, yeah, I like this card in general. Do you want me to read this one, or do you want to read this next card? Uh, I can read this one. It is Silk Guard. X and a green for an instant. Put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to X target creatures you control. Auras, equipment, and modified creatures you control gain hexproof until end of turn. Um, so what are your thoughts on this card? Um, I think that this is a very weird, like snakeskin veil i like that it like hits it it, like if you're doing the thing if you're like modifying your creatures well i guess it does that for you right because it it counts itself when you put the counters on them yeah yeah because it does that first it goes in order duh um yeah i don't know this protects your board and that's cool it's a pretty easy way to get counters on your guys um yeah i I don't know i don't hate this this is fine (laughs) again it's like not crazy powerful it's just putting some counters on your guys and like maybe kind of acting like a counter spell but doesn't protect you from a wrath so yeah i i um i'm not a huge fan i i just like think that the effect is worth less mana than this um mm, yeah i got you like a one one counter mm, you can you can get that relatively cheaply in other ways like attached to a big body with like a the green gear hulk Verderous Gear Hulk or the other creature from from Ether Revolt. 
I think there's just ways to cheaply get counters on, on your guys without a lot of trouble. And like giving one guy hexproof is, well, first off, you're not going to need to give a lot of things hexproof. That's almost never going to come up. And giving one guy hexproof is worth like one mana or less, I would say, on an instant. So yeah, it does two things, but it doesn't do either of them very efficiently. And those generally aren't cards I'm excited about. I have enjoyed Snakeskin Veil more than I thought I would. That card has like overperformed for me. Until recently, our meta had a lot of spot removal. It's kind of lessening on spot removal. I don't know why. That's just like maybe it's the tides kind of thing. You know, our playgroup changing their mind about what things or whatever. Maybe I, I snakeskin veiled them too many times. Um, <laughs> but if your playgroup has a lot of like target of removal or like um, like things that deal like some damage to multiple creatures or whatever, like like to target creatures, then this is probably fine. But again, it's like, if you're not worried about that, you should just run like a heroic intervention, <laughs> like, like just run something else, um, which gets us to our last card. Do you mind if I read off this last card? Uh, go for it. So this is Tanuki Transplanter. This is an artifact creature equipment dog uh, for four mana, three and a green. It's a two, two. And it says, whenever Tanuki Transplanter or Equipped Creature attacks, add an amount of green equal to its power. Until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. And it has reconfigure of three. So it's kind of like Explosive Veggies, because if you just cast it and attack with it, you get two mana for four. Um, But like you you could do better you can do way better um the reconfigure i think is really reasonable and there's some decks where this just like really goes off so you had some in mind that uh i think are really cool do you want to talk about them sure uh so i was thinking like halana and elena the the one that puts them both on the same card rather than the partners um or xenagos both of those commanders make it so that tanuki transplanter is uh is mana neutral like it would increase its power by two so it pays for it and give him haste so you pay four and then attack with it immediately for four and get all your mana back uh so i think in those lists specifically it's pretty good in other places um i i don't know like i feel like all these reconfigure costs are just way too steep for me to ever want to do them unless i'm like really have like you know in top deck mode have nothing else to do with my mana so i tend to evaluate these um reconfigure guys as just like what is the base mode yeah yeah um i think the base mode of this is good i think the reconfigure is good i I just like this card i think there are going to be decks that really want this um i'm thinking even like omnath 1.0 just gets huge you know and then mm-hmm. makes a ton of green like you're gonna have the mana to reconfigure this and then if omnath does die you still are gonna have your tanuki transplanter around so um yeah i really like this card um which gets us to the um, end this is it we we did it we looked at all the cards um how do you feel i guess about these decks before we get into like like specifics about them like what's your overall take on these um i think that both of these seem low power um and i guess i guess that's not 
too far out of alignment with what we saw in the the Crimson Vow precons, for example. Like Millicent is not incredibly powerful in my Millicent deck. I find I actually don't cast her that often, um, and she's not incredibly impactful when she's on the board. So, uh, the the commanders not being incredibly powerful is not that far out of line with what we've seen in the past. Um, maybe this is just me and my biases, but the red green deck, I'm so not excited by pretty much any of the cards in this list. <laughs> um, uh, how do you feel about these decks? Um, I agree. I think they're underpowered. Uh, I think that the vehicles was kind of doomed for failure. Like unless they printed some stuff that was like really juiced Mm-hmm. Um, just there wasn't enough already existing in vehicles, especially in blue white, to like support this kind of strategy. So that I mean, I, I'll give them pass there. Like they were played it safe. They, I mean, did make Shorikai, which I I do like. Uh, and I, like I said, I like Katsumasa, even though like it is basically worse Sidri, but like I that appeals to me. <laughs> like where I can actually play a game with my friends. Uh, without them hating me at the end of it um and there's some cool cards in that deck so like i i really do like the drum bellower i i think organic extinction is fine and swift reconfiguration really like is seems like people are jiving with it and same with like the cyber drive awakener like i think that deck has cool cards in it the red green deck like these things have existed in red green for a while and i think they're trying to find a new angle at it i really like kaima i do think that playing with your auras in this way is like fun and cool space and shishiro is just kind of like a commander (laughs) that exists now like now you can do this if you want there's shishiro right there but um again like that doesn't necessarily there's a lot of ways to rein it sideways in commander if this appeals to someone who wants to do that then like great i'm really glad that you found a, a new shell to try out and put some of your favorite cards in but this is just not something that appeals to me and and in general i don't think it opens up very new space but i'm i think i'm trying to come around to like doing something differently you know like i'm not sure i'm gonna have to think about that concept more (laughs) before i fully express it in a podcast like this but this is something because we're gonna have some episodes talking about uh design and stuff in the coming weeks so i'll have a chance to bring it up to get my thoughts a little bit better on it but yeah, I, I basically agree with you. I think that there's just a lot of very fair things. Like even as much as I like like Collision of Realms, seven mana, you know, like mm-hmm. that's not like a powerhouse. And like I do like the two reconfigure creatures in the red green deck. I think like the battle armor, the Komainu battle armor, and the Tanuki. Uh, oh, they're both dogs. I just realized they're both dogs. That's funny. Those are both good. They're both great cards. They come down early and do their thing. But yeah, it's just kind of weird that they they didn't like really push either of the decks very hard at all yeah like the (laughs) i would say the themes are not strong there are some individually strong cards but yeah like the the ones that seem to be the cards that seem to be leaning most into the like say the modified theme just are seem like very weak not mm, super impactful in commander as a whole so Overall, I think this commander decks like, uh, I mean, vehicles like white blue vehicles, it's fine. I think that's cool. I, I think white blue should get vehicles. It makes sense that a bunch of blue nerds 
would be like, hmm, but I could just make something to punch them harder than they punch me. Mm. Like that's kind of flavorful. I like that the moon folk were the ones that did it. Whites already had vehicles, so I like that that continues that theme. And one day this means I think we're destined for like a Jeskai vehicles commander. So just like hold your breath on that. <laughs> it's not gonna be very long at this point, I think. But yeah, I I don't know. Uh I think some of the commanders in the last few decks were a lot more enticing than these ones, I guess. But I think that's that's it. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with these guys? Anything about the format, the the set booster cards, anything like that? I think it continues to be ridiculous that the set booster cards are are labeled as commander cards and they're you know only available in set boosters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I think that there were more interesting themes to pull from the main set than the ones they selected here like modified is is so backwards compatible with at like many many previous commanders that i don't know if it needed its own precon i think that a lot of the modified cards can just slip into your old like obzon counters deck or whatever so maybe this wasn't the best target for like making a new archetype and opening things up in commander Mm mm-hmm um, well, I do think that Vehicles was... So I, I'm going to throw that out there. I do think Vehicles was a cool idea. I think they just didn't juice it like they needed. They only had two new vehicles in this list. They needed like four or five of these extra new cards to be Vehicles, and they needed to do more. You mm-hmm. know? Like if five of these cards were... Because re- in, in the Mutate deck, like when we had Otrimi, there was like six new Mutate cards that were juiced for Commander. They were like at the play, like the power level for Commander. And I was expecting that with this list. I was expecting like, oh, okay, we're going to get a bunch of commander cards. Uh, it's vehicle themed. I hope we get some cool new vehicles. And we just didn't. Like, they just mm-hmm. didn't put them in. And I think that's where the deck fails. Like, I, I think both the commanders, like we said, they're going to be better, better over time because like, as time progresses and we get new vehicles, those vehicles will be fun and powerful and do cool things. But like, we just don't have those vehicles. So if they had just given them to us, then it would have been fine, but they didn't give them to us. So I think that deck fails on that axis. And then the red green one or was just them playing it too safe. You know, it really hurts that like the Amyogen this time around can't be played very easily as commanders too, because of that, you know, like I, I think that like having eight mana commanders in mono colors, you can juice the power level. And that's mm-hmm. like the, one of the things that I think after seeing these lists frustrates me the most is like, there's no reason to make them not work as commanders. Like, yeah, okay, cool. They're cool. Basically spell creatures at this point. You can cast them, kind of forget about them until you need them and then do the thing with the black one or do the thing with the blue one or whatever it is. But what's the harm in having an eight mana creature that does something really big like a lot of games end by turn 8 to 12 anyway nowadays. <laughs> so, so like, wh- what? Like, what, <laughs> what are they worried about? Like, what format are they playing that I'm not? Um, mm-hmm. and, and why are they worried about the game ending in that way, but, like, not with, like, Crater Hoof or, like, other combat-oriented things, you know? Like, it's, it's really strange to me. But that's kind of how I feel. Like, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, in theory it's like the list i think the list was a good idea and the execution has been terrible i think the commander set booster cards is a great idea and like i i just wish we could get those cards some other way you know yeah 
this might be it for my thoughts on this podcast about <laughs> about all these cards. So any any last thoughts? Anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, I'll just say that I I would have been a lot more excited about like a channel deck if they had done that perhaps with the um oh yeah that would have been cool with one of the precon slots. Uh, I just think that like channel is really interesting. It has a lot of um, knobs because they're creatures that act as spells and you can combine that with the creature recursion really easily um, like activated ability copying uh, there's just a lot of neat space there and or like things that limit the amount of spells you can cast like to have an arcane laboratory but still be able to affect things using your channel stuff would be kind of I don't know uh, I, I find channel really fascinating there's ways you can um, build a commander that encourages channel that would be backwards compatible with like cycling. Uh, I, I think that they, that would have been a more interesting way to, to use one of these commander deck slots. And I think with that, if you had any thoughts, if you have any opinions, if you think we did a card dirty, if you have some cool tech that you'd want us or people to know about, um, we'll give you a shout out for let, for, for letting us know. Like we, we want to know what the format looks like. We want to help you guys make some cool decks. We want to help, um, shout out when there is a really cool idea and uh there's just a lot of stuff so we do our best to like think through everything but it's a lot harder these days when there's like 20 something commanders (laughs) on top of commander cards so we we i I have no doubt that we missed something or some interaction but i think this wraps up our kamigawa neon dynasty set review for the for commander and the main set so yeah get plan and let us know what you think about the set uh all right with that i'm gonna give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are gustav ryan addison rick Raphael, kyle laser charlotte the white clays hannah andy james logan roger evan bryce dylan benjamin jamie matthew kyle brandon kevin jeremy russell dylan john micah troy roxanne charles daniel andrew jason paul johan jonathan christian jim emmanuel andrea vasilios logan Rugal Brutal, Carl Oscar, Gremlin, and Danny. Thank you all for supporting the show. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. Hello, theorists. It is me at the end of the episode, so I just wanted to do a little update because uh, why not? I mean, it was a long episode. Why not just talk a little bit more? I kind of talked a lot at the end. Sorry about that. The first thing is we're going to have Deckless up with this episode like normal and me and Nick, I think, I think me and Nick, I at least have a list that's going to be in the legendary creature set review. And that is a little bit different than most of them. Basically they have uh, listeners submit reviews and I really enjoy it because it gives me a glimpse into like what other people are thinking. And sometimes people really like a commander that I absolutely hate. I did Shorakai. So if you like this one, try that too. <laughs> um, other than that, um, we're going to get back into uh, regular programming, but we're going to try something different for the next set review. And we kind of want your feedback on how that's going to look. So if you are listening to this, if you're still there, please contact us somehow, whether it's through Discord, Twitter, email, uh, any of the links to our socials that will be in the show notes we're probably going to record it all very much like this. Would you prefer we keep doing like one big episode to keep the feed pretty clear and you can just come to the episode when you want and it'll be four hours long and that's whatever. Or would you like 
when we finish everything just to release like five episodes at once like the legends episode that'll be like two hours long and then like white blue black red all that stuff if you have a preference between just like blowing up the feed one day every three months with a new set i guess it's probably more than that or keeping the feed kind of toned back when just having some big episodes like please let us know because we want to make this good for you too that's the whole point right so thank you for listening uh nick is gonna tell you if you want to support the show soon so i'll let him tell you bye if any of you theorists want to get in touch with us i am at commander theory on twitter and tumblr and zach is at fat bartleby on twitter our theme song is lincoln continental by entropy and you can check him out on soundcloud until next time we're going back to the drawing board